Welcome all to episode two of Real to Recent, a film podcast hosted by three people who discuss the latest topics in the world of cinema. The catch, we have no experience and limited knowledge of the film industry. I am one of your hosts, Paddy Innes. Joining me is co-host and co-founder of the show and our resident film buff, Liam Waddington. Hello, everyone. And our other host, Liam... Fuck. It's Liam, Liam White. Is <laughs> <laughs> Lewis White, our resident rotten film buff. I like bad films but not the films we're talking about today. Now, the overarching theme of this week's episode is video game movies. As our namesake goes, the first section of each show will have us look at and compare old slash original films in a franchise to see if their modern day counterparts improve upon the formula, or if they're inevitably worse. The two films we're discussing this week are not connected by franchise, but connected by theme. This theme is characters stuck inside video games, and the two films are 1982's Tron and Spy Kids 3, not in D, game over. On to the first film, obviously Tron. Yeah. Uh, Lewis, take us away with the synopsis, please, and we'll break it down as we go. It's been a while on this one. That's a lie. Okay, so we start our adventure in Flynn's Arcade, a popular getaway spot for kids, and most importantly, the home of our protagonist, Kevin Flynn. As the camera zooms into an arcade machine, we see a game of light cycles. The movie takes us into the virtual world as we see the two video game bikes race each other in a fully 3D world. Now this probably would have been impressive. So the, uh, Liam, do you want to describe what the light cycle race looks like uh, to our actual eyes? Do I have to? Yes, give me an adjective. How would you describe it in one word? I have no idea how to describe it in one word. I was going to describe it as waxy. It looks like <laughs> fucking melted crayon. <laughs> Although we did say glossy. It is yeah. very glossy. Very grey. Yeah, everything in this movie is quite grey. I think yeah. like they filmed it all. Everything in the virtual f- world was filmed in black and white and then rotoscoped over. Yeah, it was like done so you would... It was like contrast out. Yeah. So you'd have the contrast so high on one film that it would just pick up the subject, like the actors, and then they would do the computer-generated stuff mm. on another layer behind. Yeah. As one player loses, we get introduced to the full world inside the computer. Everything is bright and everyone wears a polystyrene suit. Secondary antagonist Stark speaks with the Master Command program. He demands more players get added to the game. And we get introduced to a few supporting characters, Rom and Ram, who are not important at all. Is that the man and the woman? No, no, no. Rom is... So Ram is the guy who... Spoiler, he dies later on. He's the one who dies in the ship with Flynn. Oh, that one. And Rom... I don't think Rom... Rom does turn up, but I believe he gets murdered by Flynn. You know, like the... The game... Oh, the disc game. The the disc game. Right, okay. I believe that's where Rom dies, but everyone looks the same, so... God, uh, it was bad. Yeah, yeah. We were like, is that... Multiple times throughout the movie, we were like, is that Tron? Or is that... Because everyone looks the same. Yeah, because everyone... Because everyone's painted grey. Yeah, if you haven't seen it, everyone in the Tron... Well, like, inside the computer, everyone looks grey. It is very, like, Orwellian. Yeah, they and are. They look like, like they have lead poisoning. Yeah, and it's mercury just like, poisoning. You cannot tell who's who. It's only on extreme close-ups where I was like, "Oh yeah, that's young Jeff Bridges." Yeah. Wait. Also, isn't Jeff Bridges' costume a little bit different because of his? Uh... Oh yeah. So fun fact: we were looking at <laughs> trivia yesterday, and apparently Jeff Bridges had to wear a dancer's belt because his bulge was too pronounced <laughs> in the costumes. They couldn't so. bowie him and just go with it. Uh, you watched Tron Legacy, correct? 
Yeah, I did. Last Does time, Jeff obviously. Bridges also have a big bulge in Tron Legacy? You don't actually tell because the suits are updated to where they're kind of like leverish. Oh uh, yeah, they're... so it's like kind of like motorcycle gear. Yeah, like and then my... old Jeff Bridges is like dressed in like a really cool gown. Like I really like as soon as I saw that movie, I was like, I want that gown. Is <laughs> <laughs> what the one thing you pointed out, Paddy, during the film? is Sark's costume where he's breathing and his stomach keeps bulging out. God, yeah, there's a really unnatural body movement. Yeah, there's like a mid-piece where he's got a disc. Yeah. Yeah. The centerpiece of his costume and it moves in and out and it's so uncomfortable. So it's kind of like a corset that's been cut off. So his midriff is showing, or like his yeah, his belly button, yeah. his navel below to the hips would show, and it would just go in and out really eerily, like he, kind of like. He's a also got heart. a really fucking like stupid helmet. <laughs> yeah, it's like a tea towel, yeah. kind of like on his head. You know, like the, the 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 checkered like red and white ones that your nan has. Yeah, yeah. I think when he says rom, yeah. you, you mean crom. Is his name Crom? Yeah. Cutting back to the real world, though, Kevin Flynn is attempting to hack into Encom through the use of a program he's created. Clue. The program fails and gets captured by the MCP's police force. While he were, while he was in there, he was looking for a file. That is a very important file, which proves that Kevin Flynn made some video games that <laughs> yeah. some other guy didn't. Back at Encom, who is the company that makes the games, not-so-evil mastermind Dillinger talks to the master control program at his overly large desk in his overly large office. <laughs> the MCP tells Dillinger that he is in charge now and threatens him with pictures of the Pentagon and diagrams of missiles. <laughs> you like that one, Lee? Yeah. <laughs> MCP blackmails Dillinger by threatening to release information that Kevin Flynn made the games that made Dillinger famous. He proceeds to lock down access to the network for level 7 employees. Employees Adam, Alan Bradley and Laura Baines are unhappy with this decision, especially Alan who can't access his Tron program due to Dillinger's lockdown. Laura deduces that Flynn is the hacker that Dillinger is looking for, so they confront him at his arcade. After a short talk, they all go back to Encom and try to hack in. Okay, that's the part I actually want to stop on quickly, because I mentioned it when we were watching it, because is it Stark? Sark. 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 He was talking about to the MCP, which is this AI computer program, Mm. I don't think you mentioned it, about how they need to find Flynn because they know he's the one hacking into it. And they're like, we need to find Flynn to stop him. He's hanging out in an arcade with his name on the building. (laughs) Like, he's not even under... Like, when we first... When the two people go to meet him, he's in the middle, surrounded by kids, playing a game. He's not hiding. And it's just like, <laughs> and this multi-million billionaire company literally we need to find assassinate him. him. Yeah, just get like, a man to shoot him. Literally, he's in. His name is on the building. He's in, and he lives there as well. He lives and works there. And they're just like, we need to find him. I know where he is, Dillinger. No, I can tell you where he is. <laughs> Everyone knows exactly where <laughs> Kevin Flynn is. Also, that Alan doesn't like him, and then he's like, yeah, but I made the video games. He is like, I guess I'll risk my job to help you <laughs> straight yeah. away. The MCP is an angry boy when they try to hack in, and he shoots an experimental laser at Flynn, causing him to get sucked into cyberspace. After being beamed into cyberspace, Flynn is forced to compete in the games that he created. There's a disc-throwing one where he kills Chrom. Is it Chrom or Rom? I thought their names were Rom and Ram. No, it's Ram and Chrom. So I made up a joke. Like I made, like I thought it was clever that it was Rom and Ram because they're computer parts. That would make more sense. Yeah. So there's a disc throwing one. Ram. That is Rom no, and Ram. No, Ram is the 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 one that escapes with them. Who's the other guy? Chrom. It's Chrom. 
Yeah. That, they missed. They missed an opportunity. So there's a disc throwing one and then a light cycle race. In between the two games, Flynn meets Ram and Tron, who agrees who agree to break out with him in a light cycle race. The MCP sends the cyberspace police to chase them down, which causes Tron to get separated from the group. So Flynn learns that using his programmer knowledge, he can manipulate portions of the mainframe. <laughs> <laughs> this is a line from the film. Ram starts to de-res because uh, apparently he was harmed during the escape and he begs Flynn to find Tron. He also finds out that Flynn is a user and not a program. Users are the people who make the programs. They're not creators, they're called users for some reason. So he finds out that Flynn is a user and he's happy dying. Flynn agrees and uses his newfound powers to build a vehicle and disguise himself as a Sark soldier while Tron runs into a female program called Yori, the first female program we've seen in this entire world. He asks her to help him reach an IO tower and talk to Dumont, a guardian program that is essentially a face, hands and chest that crawls around like a worm. This might have been collectively our favorite character in this movie. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I was just thinking this is the cock and bull man, isn't this it? This is the guy. <laughs> yeah. This is the yeah. guy who's literally half a man. <laughs> Imagine you are you have your hands on the floor and you're in like you're like on your hands and knees and then someone just cuts off your legs. <laughs> That's what Dumont looks like. <laughs> Cuz he does have a body which makes it so weird that in his guardian state he's like that. Because he gets yeah. pulled out by Sark's men mm. and then tortured. Yeah, I, I've, I forgot about that. I forgot that he literally has an entire body that you see. Yeah, it's like literally just like a mountain with yeah. a head and hands that crawls coming around out the floor. of it. Yeah, and he just sort of spins around in this pit. Man, that's even weirder now. Yeah, yeah. the first time <laughs> you see him, he's facing away, <laughs> and then he spins <laughs> <laughs> Using the power of Demont, Tron talks to Alan in the real world, who powers up his identity disc with the ability to destroy the MCP. Tron, Yuri, and Flynn all meet up and make their way to the MCP's core. Uh, they hijack a solar sailor, and uh, they are part of a not-so-brief chase scene that probably goes on a bit too long. God, yet yeah, so much of this movie reflecting back on it is just chase scenes but just also how long it was yeah. as well like it, part of this it did drag on quite a bit at times because you're just like okay Flynn's been flying this ship for like 10 minutes 10-15 minutes we've been on this little solar ship for like 10-15 minutes now and it's yeah. like an hour and a half movie it doesn't feel like that it feels at least three hours when I was well, well, I, for I'd, me I'd personally say, I'd say two hours but yeah it, I, I, it does feel longer yeah. than it is. Yeah, especially compared to Spy Kids, which we'll get onto later. Yeah, Spy Kids goes like a fucking lightning blast. Thank <laughs> <I> Christ. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> After a not-so-brief chase scene, it gets destroyed with Flynn and Yuri getting captured and Tron apparently dying. I bet that doesn't hold up. The two escape. Miraculously, two minutes later, Tron is alive. <laughs> <laughs> Literally doesn't last at all. Tron starts to fight Sark while Flynn and Yuri lock lips before he jumps inside the MCP's power beam. Taking control of the MCP, Flynn stops him from spinning around so that Tron can throw his identity disc inside and kill him. Liam, what did you personally think of the fight scene? Can we call that a fight scene? We can call it. It was more of just frisbee, throwing frisbees at one another. Yeah, but then he gets big. <laughs> he just yeah, gets really big. <laughs> Flynn appears in the real world. 
and a printer spits out a piece of paper with alleged proof that he created the game. Dillinger enters his office and the same text appears on his incredibly expensive desk. Flynn is now the CEO (laughs) of NCOM. Roll credits. Okay, so I think we should reiterate what the actual plot of this movie was. Yes. Because we were confused. Okay, so Dillinger is COO or CEO of MCOM. And he got to that position because he he stole stole games that Flynn made for the company in his own time. And then basically got rid of Flynn to cover it up. So then Flynn is basically hacking into MCOM to retrieve this file which has been hidden, which proves that he made the games. Mm. In the end, it is literally like a fax machine like a yes. typewriter types out basically it's like Flynn. a game created by Flynn yeah <laughs> something, something which Flynn could have made typed up himself yes. and printed it was just like you went through all this effort got sucked into a computer to get this one piece of paper which you could have made yourself and it appears on Dillinger's desk and Dillinger's like oh no <laughs> this text appeared I'm screwed but I, anyone could have typed it yeah but now one. Flynn is a billionaire. With that cool red helicopter lines. He Do doesn't remember? have the red lines. No, because we no, it was, it was light. It was daytime. Because Dillinger came in at I night. I reckon. Didn't he? I reckon Flynn has blue lines. Oh, that's true. He was the, he was yeah. the good guy. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that's the, a missed I opportunity thought the red lines were because the was because Dillinger was bad. So do we want to? Well, so what, what, what did you think about yeah. Tron? I wouldn't watch it again. I think it's it feels really outdated. I think for its time and for its animation, it it was a trendsetter. It did rein, re, reinvent the animation genre. But watching it back, we were shocked how badly this film looked. There is one shot in particular in that movie. Oh yes, there were a couple of shots where we because for the for the most part, like I think we just have to state how yeah. important this film was for animation. It was like basically all computer generated. Yeah, well, yeah completely is, agree. This is the the film that couldn't win special effects at the Oscars because CGI was cheating. Yeah, they felt you. The Oscar board felt that using computers to animate yeah. was an unfair advantage. Yeah, as opposed to. Disney's hand drawing, which would get shut down ten years later after this film came out. Um, no, 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 no. Uh, Disney's two D animation got shut down. I think it was like two thousand nine, wasn't it? It was after Princess and the Frog. It wasn't that long ago that it got shut down. Because I thought, because I thought it was they shut it down because ten years after would have been around the time that Toy Story came out, and that was the first com- fully CG. No, no, two D two D hung around for a while because of the Winnie the Pooh movies that were doing really well, and the Jungle Book two. No, but I mean hand drawn animation so like basically the way Disney would used to ha- animate their films is they would have this oh, one, the big like, unique camera, camera setup. Yeah, where yeah, it would yeah. have plates sorry I thought you meant that 2D animation setup no no just okay. like actually hand drawn yeah. animation I watched that video there's a video about how Bambi does the layers yeah that's and, uh, oh it, that camera that they, I think there's like there were only like three of them yes. in the world and they were amazing and they were really cool like learning about them was sick but yeah this is a very important movie some scenes I found whilst they did look very dated just to spoil a bit about Spy Kids Spy Kids had worse there are and, shots uh, in Spy Kids that look remarkably worse that yeah, make Tron, Tron look like Avatar yeah <laughs> <laughs> Because there's one scene in Tron towards the end where there's a like a hidden Mickey and they're traveling through like a green hill hilly zone. That green hilly zone is the worst shot in that movie. It was it was 
terrible. It like if you look like Bubsy 3D on the PS One. Like if you go to watch the movie, I think it's like the one hour forty five minute mark. Yeah. No, that can't be right. Cause it's like no, a, no, it's an hour and a half, isn't it? It's, it's an hour and a half. It's like it's like seventy five minutes into the movie. Yeah, it's pretty far towards the. It's like right before the. It's it's final in the fight. solar sailor chase. Yeah. Which is a term that I had to learn. And it it does look bad. It looks really bad. But I quite I actually quite like Tron. I'm glad to say that I've seen it finally. I um, I kinda enjoy it now that I know what it to, like what happened. Make. Like yeah. I it's. It's kind of a film that I think might benefit from a second viewing because mm-hmm. the first viewing you're trying to figure out who's who and what's actually going on. And yeah. I think now that I do know what's going on, I think I would enjoy it a bit more on my second watch. Yeah. But for my first watch, it, it was rough. It was a it was a pretty rough experience because I just found myself wanting to watch Tron Legacy after because like because That's a controversial statement. It's not. Tron Legacy is amazing because <laughs> it's hinted at that because at the beginning of the film when you said that oh, Flynn made a character Clue, called Clue who is his avatar in Tron Legacy right? yeah and Clue takes over yeah. in Tron Legacy like, so like kind because I, I've seen Tron Legacy a few times and love it but I've never seen Tron before this mm. going back and sort of learning about it all just makes me want to go back and watch Tron Legacy even more yeah me too I kind of want to watch Tron Legacy now oh, that soundtrack is but so but we gorgeous. didn't do Tron versus Tron Legacy no we didn't because we felt that it wouldn't really be fair yeah. to... But we might have made a mistake because it was brought to my attention today that maybe Tron versus Ready Player One would have been a good choice. Yeah. And I went, why didn't I think of that? Because instead, we chose Spy Kids 3D. <laughs> <laughs> See, I was thinking about this last night. We could spin it in a way that Tron was the first of its kind yeah. with CG. and Well, we grew up in a weird generation... Paddy, where Spy Kids 3D is the movie that we grew up with that yeah. had people stuck in a video game. But I was going to mention it was could be one of the first movies that had 3D, like the red and blue 3D. No, no, 3D has been around for like since the 50s. What, like the red and blue? Yeah, well, ones? with the glasses, yeah. Oh, because I'd never heard of it before then. Yeah, it was like a big thing for me as a kid. Was like, oh, this movie's in 3D. Now I can't see 3D because I got messed up eyes. Yeah, because that was kind of like the kickoff, the yeah. whole 3D phase. I feel. Do we get into Spy Kids 3D then? Yeah, that's definitely. <clears throat> After the events of Spy Kids 2, Junie Cortez has retired from the OSS at like 12 years old. He is now a private eye. He helps cats from trees. He discovers why Selena Gomez's favorite water park is inactive. Oh. The answer: it's she winter. <laughs> He finds lost toys. He saves up money to purchase the hot new video game. Game over. Subtle. When at the shop, Juni Cortez considers giving his money to a charity shop, but changes his mind and buys the game instead. But he trips trips over, smashing his literal piggy bank on the floor and losing his money to the wind. Karma is a bitch. (laughs) Upon arriving home to his treehouse, Juni is contacted by President Dalvin, played by George Clooney in his underwear, <laughs> who informs him that his sister Carmen Cortez is missing. Does anyone want to talk about George Clooney in this movie? Not his best role. Picking up from what you said, that he's in his underwear, he's not literally in his underwear. No. The, tr- the trivia camera, is, anyway. is that George Clooney filmed all of his scenes for Spike is 3D in his house, in his lounge, wearing only a suit jacket yeah. on top and boxers or underwear... 
Yeah, in his lower half. He literally just had the suit jacket on. Yeah. <laughs> and then they filmed it in his living room. Then again, he only has two scenes in this entire movie, right? Yeah. Yeah, one near the so. beginning and one near the end. Yeah. Where he's turning into Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> that impersonation of Sylvester Stallone was actually pretty good. It was really yeah. good, yeah. When he was practicing during the bloopers, during the credits, yeah. we were actually surprised at how good it was. Arriving at one of the few practical sets of the movie... Which doesn't look like a practical set. Uh, Junie gets debriefed on the situation. A villain known as the Toymaker made game over after he was imprisoned in cyberspace. And he intends to use the game to escape once fa- players reach the fabled level 5. He made the game While he was in, in cyberspace. Yes. So he's trapped in cyberspace and somehow he made this game. And I imagine he like emailed a publisher and got it like <laughs> sent them the files and got it printed past classification boards yeah got a publisher somehow developed it by himself well what else are you going to do when you're trapped in cyberspace for 30 years that's true which is why he learned nothing about game design and the game <laughs> sucks ass Junie ventures into the game and is given nine lives he meets beta testers Francis, Arnold, and Rez, who trick him into bouncing into a target and traveling to the moon. Where in the start of the game, Junie has already lost two lives. Was it eight hours? Because he has 12 hours yeah, has to beat the game, but he loses oh, eight of it when he loses his first life. Don't. That's so frustrating. So <laughs> basically, Junie has to find his sister and take out the toy maker in 12 yeah. and a half hours. Yes. Within about five minutes of being in the game he's got four hours left he's got four hours yeah, he left. gets chucked through a sewer and gets eight hours taken off him and they go time flies when you're playing games and that's the first five minutes and you've yeah. still got over an hour left inside the game world well he gets stuck on the moon for like two hours right when he comes out of the moon doesn't he have two hours left and the rest of the movie happens in two hours I don't remember him seeing it again until the very end. No, he does check his watch. I think it's like after the robot battle. The rules of this film and the game that he's in are so broken <laughs> yeah, at yeah. this point. Well, like, characters lose, like, six lives at once. Yeah. yeah. Which I actually will get onto in a bit. So Junie is doing so bad that the villain of the movie appears and allows Junie to bring in an ally from the real world to help him in the game. He chooses his physically limited granddad, who is granted a power known as Mega Legs. <laughs> now that he can walk, he runs away and chases after a butterfly, <laughs> leaving Junie to fend for himself. Oh no, the reason he chooses it because he goes through the list of family members and it's yeah. like his dad is martial arts expert think his mum's like a tactician yeah but he chooses his granddad because he showed like a diagram it was like because his legs don't work it makes his upper body (laughs) twice as strong (laughs) which would only be useful for pushing around his wheelchair a bit faster but he picks the old man anyway but it is a pop pros superior intellect cons physically disabled it's more convenient for the plot as well as you soon find out, not sure if you mention it. Not yet. Oh, a little bit of okay. a little bit of okay. a twist. I'm saving uh, yeah. it for them. Okay. I'm saving it for them. He is a video game. <laughs> <laughs> Looking for level two, Judy finds a robot battle arena where he faces off against a girl named Demetra, who is all clad up in a purple motorcycle uh, jacket. He loses a life after getting his ass handed to him by Demetra, but he eventually pulls through and beats her, making her lose four lives in one punch. <laughs> Demetra 
gets sent away and looks very, very angry. After his win, Junie meets the beta testers again. Francis and Arnold believe that Junie is a fabled player known only as the guy. Rez doesn't think so and instead challenges Junie to a mega race, which is like, it looks like Wipeout. Yeah, but meets Ratchet and Clank graphics. It really does look like a PS2 game. Like, this mm. entire film looks like a PS2 game. Yeah, there does. are like the start where um so when he gets into the game he sees I believe it's Rez and he's like getting attacked by these frogs on pogo sticks oh. and they're in this environment that looks like a medieval town. It looks like Lazy Town. Yeah, it does. Yeah, he jumps onto his pogo stick and you get to see like a huge view of the entire city that doesn't make any structural sense and also just looks absolutely hideous. I don't know why anyone would play this game. Like all the worlds, they have no theme that ties them together. Yeah. So you start in like a really childish place, then you go to the moon where there's like a death battle arena. Yeah. And then you basically go to death race. <laughs> this is the hottest video game around, though, and it's a VR game. I don't know if I mentioned that. It is a virtual reality game in 2003. Junie has a rough time during the race as multiple members of the team screw him over by uh what is it there's one that like makes him use the ejector seat because he's like press the red button and he's like well the one that says do not press he's like yeah press it Junie is thick as shit he's meant to be like the world like one of the best spies around yeah i i wouldn't believe that anyway because he was useless in the first movie actually no he was was fairly right in the first movie second movie was just utterly useless yeah and it's just like why is why are we coming to Junie to fix all these problems? Because later on in the movie, the sort of like the rival kids from Spy Kids 2 come in and one's accepting like a best spy award. Yeah. And it's just like, he's clearly a far superior spy than Junie. Well, that's because Junie screws up literally every opportunity he can get. He's so punchable. He that is. whole movie, I hated him. Megan Trainer better punch him in real life. <laughs> After some trickery from most of the race members, Junie's granddad comes back and helps him win the race. Also, during this race, Demetra turns back up, although it does, they don't tell you that it is Demetra, but it's a purple girl who's attacking Junie, and he doesn't know why, because you stole six lives off it. <laughs> After the race, Junie and Demetra have a moment which attempts to be romantic. He gives her a med pack which restores some of her lives, and she gives him an illegal item, a map to the game. Paddy, Liam, got any thoughts on the film thus far? I hated that bit, because... <laughs> I think you hit the entire film. Basically, because I saw this film in cinemas when it came out, and I loved it at the time. Yeah, me too. And I held it near and dear to my heart, and until Saturday, <laughs> I hadn't seen it since. And I want, and I wish I kept it that way because it was a struggle to get through. Thankfully, time flew by, yeah, but not fast enough. But the part when he gave Demetra the med pack was absolutely insane because it's just like Junie, you're there for a mission. You're there to save your sister who has been missing for, or she's been stuck in the game for a year and a half. And it's not like in this people died for real. Yeah when they just ran out of lives they just got it's basically equivalent of an IP ban yeah which was weird anyway kicked out of the game yeah so she would have just been kicked out of the game yet he's there to stop the toy maker from taking over kids minds when the game launches and to save his sister's consciousness and he's just like here take all these lives I've got like because he had like three yeah three or four by the end of that race and it's just like and he has a stupid grin on his face as he gives it to her 
And he's like, oh, I'm going to make the girl like me. <laughs> As the group enter level three, Arnold and Junie are forced to fight each other, with the loser getting an instant game over. Junie does not do very well. And he's, uh, I, I believe he's like sent back to like half a life. Yeah. Oh, that part ridiculous. pissed me off. That part really annoyed me. It's just like, if you're not going to kill him, just take him down to one life. Yeah. And it's just like, why make the, the point five of a life? Why does the point five exist? I don't know. And for a point, he lost that. He got absolutely destroyed during that entire fight. Yeah. He's a spy. Yes, he We've knows how to fight. We've seen him fight. I, I don't know how he lost against an ordinary kid. He's a beta tester. He's super cool. Why are there only three beta testers in this entire game? I think he only just came across those three, didn't he? Yeah. Because there were more yeah. people in the death in the death race. Were than, there? Yeah, there were. There thought, was about ten. Yeah. Huh. I thought they were AI. <laughs> No, I think there were other players. Demetra swaps places with Junie as he is close to dying. She's defeated instantly. (laughs) Who is like, isn't she like hyped up as one of like the most badass characters? Yeah. Yeah. And then like, she just eats shit instantly. (laughs) Everyone arrives at level four where they meet Carmen Cortez, who has been like, she's been let go from the toy maker. Uh, I believe it's like a maybe like, he need, he let, lets her go so that they will help she will help them reach level five and they'll let him free. Oh, wait, 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 wait. We haven't mentioned the toy maker. Toy maker is, is Sylvester is Stallone. Played by Sylvester Stallone. But there are four of him. At points there are four personality types of Sylvester yeah. Stallone. There's a hippie. There's a hippie, there's the a sci- general. Yes, and a and scientist. A scientist. And it's great. Yeah. He is actually an enjoyable part of this movie. I have to give it to him. They're like some of the effects are pretty. Oh bad. wait, there's five. There's five Sylvester. There's the news. There's the news guy who's played by Sylvester yeah, Stallone at the start. Oh yeah. Wait, is That's he not... actually like supposed to be the same character, or is, is it, he? It doesn't quite make it clear. Was it a real newscast? I think so. Or was it from? So he can not only make a game, but he can also make a news package that goes out into the real world. Well, he's stuck in the virtual world, so he can send things to people. Yeah, but they still have to get aired on TV. Yeah? He's like, I'm the mysterious developer mm. of this game. The film follows no logic whatsoever, so I don't know why no, we're fighting this. probably not worth dwelling on it. <laughs> but I just wanted to mention, because we didn't before, Sylvester yeah. Stallone is in this movie. He is a fantastic part of this movie. But he did get a resi yes. his performance. Yeah, a resi. A resi, yeah. A resi. Yeah. yeah. Does he deserve it? Yes. I don't know what his competition was that year. Can you get um, up the resis for 2003? Yeah. yeah. Well, I try not to sneeze. Everyone arrives at level four where they meet Carmen Cortez. Carmen informs Juni that the toy maker is the reason their granddad lost his legs. That that was the, the plot twist. That was the big twist. That was the big twist. So it was actually a bad thing Yes, that, that he chose Juni his granddad. chose his granddad. Probably should have chose his dad, who is a martial arts expert. Yeah, probably. I bet his dad wouldn't have lost that stupid pole fight. The exposition doesn't last long as the group begins to surf their way through a gorge of lava they all get uh, chucked into the lava by there's like a giant lava monster that lobs balls of lava at them but the lava is harmless so they swim through it and find the entrance to level five that might have been the most pointless part of that movie they're like surfing on the lava yeah because sylvester the toy maker is trying to help them get, get to level five get yeah. to level five to get him yeah out. So he's basically helping them the whole time. Which is why the granddad comes in. Have you got the oh, you yeah, got Razzies? For the, Raz- for the 24th annual Razzies, the nominations for Worst Supporting Actor were Anthony Anderson in Kangaroo Jack. Oh, that's as, a good one. Uh, <laughs> Louis? Louis? Booker? Louis? Ab- is it Lu- Louis Booker? I thought that was Cedric the Entertainer. 
Mm-hmm. Is that the same person? Hang on. I need to look up what, this. What was the um, film? Kangaroo Jack. Kangaroo Jack. Okay. Um, Alec Baldwin <laughs> oh. in Cat in the Hat as Larry Quinn. Oh. oh my God. I watched Cat in the Hat about over Christmas because my sister made me watch it. Yeah, he's, I watched it at the start of... It's awful. Start of 2018. He's like picking out his like belly button and stuff. It's great. He's really creepy in that movie. Like, is creepy. Is. Um, creepy. Al Pacino in Jiggly, a stark man. fuck is Jiggly? I haven't seen it. It's a romantic comedy starring Ben Affleck, Jennifer Lopez and Al Pacino. 2003 Affleck is not good Affleck. He's a ter- and terrible boy. Uh, Christopher Walken in Jiggly and Kangaroo Jack. <laughs> And but the winner went to <laughs> Sylvester Stallone for Spy Kids 3D. Oh no, I think Kangaroo Jack's a good shout. Oh, Anthony, yeah, you're right. I could have. Is his name? I thought his name was Cedric the Entertainer. No, it's Louis Booker. No, the character. No, the actor. Oh no, Anthony Anderson. Should I uh, carry yeah, on? Okay, carry on. As they arrive at level five, the beta test is saying that Junie is actually a character known as the Deceiver, who is uh, uh, apparently a character in the game who is supposed to just like mess them up the entire time. Uh, as they say that, the real the guy arrives, played by Elijah Wood. <laughs> he opens the door to level five, but then gets murdered by a booby trap, which takes away all 100 <laughs> of his lives, and then he poofs away. <laughs> They enter level 5 and Demetra appears, who claims that the game has glitched and teleported her to the rest of the group. It turns out that she isn't real, but is instead the deceiver. The toy maker attacks them with a giant robot, but Grandad appears and helps them through a door to the real world. Demetra cries as if she was a real girl and holds the door open so that they can all escape. Yeah, that bit confused me because Demetra was a program made by the toy maker to help yes. them get him out yet she She helped him she helped them get away from the robot he put in level five well technically granddad had like so this is a reveal but granddad had already pulled that lever to let the toy maker out yeah so at this point it doesn't matter whether they leave or not but what's weird is that she cries because for some reason she's fallen for Junie Cortez, who's a stupid shit. <laughs> yes. Uh, as they all return to the real world, Grandad reveals that he released the toy maker, who is now attacking a sometimes real and sometimes CGI city. Oh no, you didn't mention the part about where Junie's like, I didn't even get her email. Oh, when uh, when she gets knocked out in the fight against uh, Raz, I believe, he's like, I didn't even get her email. <laughs> Is a is a great scene. It's very iconic. To beat the toy makers' robots, the Cortez kids call in all of their family and friends, who fight together wearing 3D glasses to beat the toy maker. There's Steve Buscemi, Antonio Banderas, Machete. Uh, who else is there? There's the Dinkster. Did somebody call the Dinkster? Um, There's Ingrid, the mum. Yes. There's the, the grandma. granddad. There's grandma. Well, then granddad had- just spins around in a wheelchair. For a <laughs> then you had the two southerners. Yeah, there's the Dinkster, and then his son, right? Oh, is that what he was called? Yeah, he's called the Dinkster, and oh. then like his son and like hands him a Brandon there, iron. There was a uh, Alan Cumming, who famously plays Nightcrawler. Oh, what's his, ca- what's his character's name in the first one? It's um. Oh, do you want yeah, me to Google this? I'll, I'll do it. You you continue talking about it because he. Uh, there was Bill Paxton. Bill Paxton as Dinky Winks. Rip. <laughs> is that <laughs> the wait, Dinkster? The Dinkster's name is Dinky Winks. Yeah. Oh my god, I didn't know that. I've always called him the Dinkster. <laughs> and then his son, James Paxton, as Dinky Winks Junior. 
<laughs> Here you go, Daddy. Thanks, son. <laughs> Granddad and the toy maker have a heartfelt moment together wherein he tells the toy maker that he forgives him. Also, we find out that for some reason, losing his legs, he's like, he can't enjoy walks on the beach with his wife anymore. That I get. Yeah. Very Tory, but I get Fegan it. Vegan Floop. Vegan Floop? That's who Alan Cumming plays. Wait, is that the guy with the... No, that's, no, that's oh, the other guy. Vegan okay. Floop's the one that made the thumb thumbs. Okay, okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. He's pretty great. We find out that not only can he not enjoy walks uh, to, uh, to the, uh, on the beach with his wife, but also that he missed his daughter's birth <laughs> and her wedding. And it's like, that's not... That's you... very far apart. Yeah, that's not because you lost your legs. Your wife went to those events. Yeah. Why didn't she take like take you with her? You have weird spy gadgets that let you fly. Yeah. <laughs> this is just because he was lazy. Or a bad grandfather. Or a bad, well, bad dad. Bad father, it was his, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was his daughter. So he tells the toy maker that he forgives him and that he's been searching 30 years for him so that he can tell him that it wasn't his fault. The toy maker shuts down his robots and they all celebrate together and that's the end of the movie. <laughs> what a journey that was. It was painful. Yeah? It was. I think I just deleted the transcript. <laughs> Good. By Kids 3 was so hard to sit through. Yeah. It flew by. It didn't feel as long as Tron, but it was bad. The writing was bad. The rules of the film that it set up itself yes. made no sense. The CG was distracting to the point. Like, everything was glossy and metallic looking. Yeah. And whilst Tron obviously the CG is 37 years old I found bearable it was it wasn't as harsh to look at because it was a cyber world but parts of this were like trying to mimic real elements especially the last fight yeah where it's a CG city and it's very obvious. well that's weird because there's a there's a shot with Antonio Banderas where he's fighting a robot and the background of the city is a real picture but then there's also parts where there's a CGI version of that city. And the fact that there are two versions of that one street yeah. confuses me so much. It was it was it was very jarring. And yeah. And not... you can tell that none of the so none of the actors were in the same room in that final like scene you of could the tell. movie. And yeah, there's one part where the mum and the grandma are standing next to each other. Oh no, there's one part where Machete flies in and they stretch his body as they move him towards <laughs> the camera. So it looks like he's flying in, because really he's just jumped. Possibly, I'm guessing I'm completely opposite to you two. I actually enjoy Spy Kids more. So I enjoy it as a meme. Yeah. I do not enjoy it I, as a film. It's not a good film yeah. in the slightest. So, so Liam, if you were to choose real or recent... Yeah, what's your vote for this time? Because last time we unanimously agreed... Recent. Mm, recent. Leprechaun Returns was, uh, was much better. Yeah. So you're going in, with... If, in terms of a fully-fledged movie, I'd go Tron, but I'm giving my vote to Spy Kids. I found it way more enjoyable because I actually could figure out what what the hell was going on. It took me a, an hour, but it took me until... When it got to the light cycle sequence in Tron, yeah. after that sequence, I com- it completely lost me what was going on. That's From a that point. To the final battle, there was no real description of what the hell was going on or why they were doing these things. Yeah, pacing was off. There's a good, like the middle, the second act of that movie doesn't it's really painful. need to. It doesn't really need to exist. Mm-hmm. Like you can have the setup of Flynn, his whole MCOM business about getting screwed over, 
have him sucked into the world maybe do the light cycle bit then escape like you didn't need to drag on the escape you didn't really need the penis mountain man guardian <laughs> you didn't need the Dumont his Dumont. name is Dumont you didn't need is he in Tron Legacy I don't think so no missed opportunity I don't think he is no because that dude would have been long dead I mean they could have replaced him yeah, I suppose yeah well anyway mine, my vote is for recent Paddy real or recent mine is real it might be hard to imagine but I'm giving my vote to real uh, I thought Tron was a much more enjoyable experience. Whilst it was longer, I would say the acting is not as good, but it was the acting in Spy Kids was truly awful. Yes. Apart from tr- Sylvester Stallone. Yeah. Sylvester Stallone seemed like the only one who actually cared. He did it for his kids. He did, yeah. yeah. You, you said his, he asked his kids whether he should be in a Spy Kids movie, and he said yes. To be fair, if I was his kids and I despised Spy Kids, I would have gone, yes, father, mm. do Spy Kids, do it for me. And I would have watched him suffer. Well, I think we can all agree Jeff Bridges definitely got better as his career went on. Oh, yeah. Definitely. It seemed like he didn't really care what was going on. He was Tron. the least enjoyable part of that movie. Like, to be fair, Tron didn't really act like he gave much of a shit. No, it was his he, was an, he was an AI program, though, wasn't yeah. he? Yeah, I have, to, I, have to, I have to give it to Tron. I think it done more for film than Spy Kids done. Hmm. I think the story... It's probably written better. Tron just surpasses Spy Kids from so me we got all the way. One recent, for, one for recent, one, one for, for real. real. Uh, so but like, does this mean I'm the deciding vote? Yeah, I think because it is. I, I, I not... do agree with you, Paddy. It is the better film, but in terms of which one did I enjoy on the night? Definitely Spy Kids was more. Oh, I've thought about this. I've thought about this a lot over two days and it really only took me about 20 minutes after we all like hung out and watched the movie to decide which one I preferred. And Spy Kids is a very funny film. Because it's comically bad. But Spy Kids doesn't have any rules that are actually like set in place that makes sense. I thought I was going to have to climb over the desk and slap you. (laughs) So I'm only giving my vote to Tron because I think it has a much more cohesive world. world. It yeah. might help that he's not so much sucked inside a video game as he is sucked inside cyberspace and the games are a part of that. But people have roles and there are solid rules set in place. Yeah. And yeah. Kind of like the Matrix. Yeah, and the, like the games have a purpose. Yeah. Like the people in these computer worlds are put into the games. They are actually like, they are. Pro- I believe they're programs. Yeah, that the MCP were. has like taken for himself and they're shoved into games to become useless. They were like reworked. Yeah. Because I said when we were watching it that I was trying to like equate any actions that happened in there mm. to what you would do like on a computer. Yeah. And there's not many. There weren't many, but there were a couple that I picked up and would be like, okay, that would kind of make sense. Like, yeah. Because I remember one where they were going through that tunnel and I was just like, that's a loading screen yeah, for the yeah, game. Yeah. But yeah, things were just laid out. The foundations were laid out and followed, whereas Spy Kids was just completely. I'd also all over say the place. that while Spy Kids, uh, well, while Tron does look abysmal at points, <laughs> and I will put this like this is my my least favorite part of Tron is that the physical designs of like the things that they're wearing and the physical things that they interact with look awful, and like actual physical like items at that point would like like special effects were great back then. Like yeah. You had the thing out at that point, and that's a great movie. And also, it was made by Disney, who have loads of money. 
So the fact that the fact that the the actual physical items look awful is inexcusable, even for the time period. I would say there are parts of Tron that look better than Spy Kids 3D. For sure. For yeah. example, like everything in the real world in Tron looks better than anything in the real world in Spy Kids 3D. Like there's a lot more thought put into the camera placement. Yes. Flynn's Arcade looks like a real place with the one physical set in Spy Kids 3D, which was yeah, like... Yeah, because it was the OSS, yeah, the isn't OSS. it? Where it's like the kind of honeycomb beehive room. Yeah. And I said I said to you at the time, I was just like, because in the bloopers, they showed the, the actual, them in the room. And I was just like, I I genuinely thought that was a CG room. Yeah, because it, it looks awful. It looked, it does. It looks tr- like everything looks out of focus. It looks kind of cell shaded. Yeah. It looks not real. It, it has like a weird plastic look to everything. It was very like uncanny valley. So sorry, Liam, but Tron wins this wins this episode. Fine. By a smidge. I'll give it to you too then. Good. Do you want to take us on to our next segment, Paddy? Because we are not one trick ponies. We are not. We have a topic of the show that is favourite video game movies. Now, in regards to our choices, we do not declare that these are good movies because well, it's a fairly well-known fact that there are not any many, many there are quite good few. video game movies. We'll go around in a round robin. Now, you two have a bit more of a comprehensive list because I didn't realize yes, I'm getting up a list of video game movies. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't quite realize how many video game movies I hadn't seen because I think I picked out 3. There's a lot of video. I've seen a lot of video game movies, and there are not many I like. Right, Liam, you go first because I know you've got yours up. Number three, I chose Warcraft. This is my number three. Ooh, ooh. Okay, I haven't seen Warcraft, but I think Warcraft is a good film. I think Warcraft is a good film. It's it's just got zero character development. Yes, this is a problem because as someone who played a lot of Warcraft, as in like the actual Warcraft, not World of Warcraft, Warcraft is an adaptation of a very important part of that like world's lore and character development happens in between games so it's it's quite a hard part to like adapt into a movie but i believe this is probably like the best adaptation we're gonna get it's made by is it duncan jones duncan yeah. jones yeah. yeah and i think like it looks beautiful there is there is no part of that film that looks bad. There are parts that look worse. I think it's all beautiful and it's so it's really well acted. You can tell that there's a lot of love for the Warcraft like license in that movie, and it's just it's one of my favorite video game movies. I've watched it five times. Wow. Yes. Isn't it like two and a half hours? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's long. The practical effects and props for Warcraft are stunning. The as fact that well. they made that stupid-looking Warcraft armor look normal mm. is like that's a feat. Because I believe as uh, Adam tes- Adam Savage has tested, the prop shop sent him samples of the armor from Warcraft, and you're just like, holy crap! That not only looks I can't remember who makes it. I want to say it's Weta Workshop mm. in New Zealand. It genuinely looks like it's made of metal, but it's just like like foam. It is EB, so good. And it's they were they were beautiful um, props. So you two picked the same third one. Yes. Yeah. So now I only really have two. That's okay. Um, Make one like come out twice. So I'm going to put my for my number three choice. I'm gonna put the Angelina Jolie Tomb Raider movies. And I'm gonna put <laughs> Cradle of Light. Is that the second one? I think yeah. so. Is that the yeah. one with Jorah Mormont in it, or is that the first one? I'll look it is. up. Which, which one's the the guy from Game of Thrones? I have never seen Game of Thrones. But it's the one with Daniel Craig. Okay. Yeah, that's that's Cradle of Life. Is yeah. it? Yeah. What did I say? Light. Oh. Okay. 
Well, yeah. Just because oh. that's one of the only other video game movies I've seen, <laughs> I can't say... It's enjoyable. It? It's, enjo- it's, 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 it's enjoyable. It's something. I mean, Lara Croft was a fairly sh- shallowish character back then. That's actually a really weird, like, part of these movies, is that Lara Croft was so famous that it's Angelina Jolie stars as Lara, Lara Croft. Croft in Tomb Raider and the Cradle of Life. Apologies. Lara Cro- Daniel Craig was in the first one with oh. Jorah Marmont from yeah. Game of Thrones who plays Manfred Powell. <laughs> well, like I said, this was a throwaway one because I hadn't seen many. So it's the first one or the second one? Either. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say the second one. The second one's better. I think the the second one has Gerard Butler in it. I don't remember. I've seen this movie and I don't remember Gerard Butler being in there. No, nor do I. I'll just say the one with Daniel Craig. The first, yeah, one. the first one. <laughs> just go with it, the first one. The first one's really good. Yeah, it's on TV all the time. It, it is like every couple every, of weeks. Like every every week, I'm pretty sure I've seen it on like the Sci-Fi or one channel like that. Yeah, Gerard Butler's in uh, Low Craft Tomb Raider: The Cradle of Life. Yeah, I'm gonna say the first one then. Second choice, we'll go back to Liam. Okay, my. Number two pick is Resident Evil, but uh, Afterlife. <laughs> Shit, this is my second one. Oh, for Christ's sake. You, for Christ you sake. said the second one was your... Oh, wait, oh, wait, wait. are these different Af- movies? Okay, never mind. Oh, yeah, mine is Apocalypse. Yeah, uh. Afterlife <laughs> is my second one, which Bloody is hell. number four. That's, uh, that's, that's the one... That's the second best one. Um, <laughs> where the ending is... Don't Cla- spoil Claire. the ending. The People film's been out a while. It's Claire, Chris, and Alice versus Albert Wesker on the ship. The best thing about this film is the fact they took the Resident Evil 5 ending where he takes off his sunglasses yeah. and throws them and super speeds and catches them and kicks Chris and Claire's ass. That's the best bit of any of them films. Fight me. Okay, I'll literally fist fight you. That movie is not great. Yeah, it is. It's if the best the Resident best, Evil if film. If that's the best part of out of all of the movies, you're not really selling. It this is a franchise. pretty good scene. It, yeah, like he's not he's not giving it enough justice. I think I might get tonsillitis <laughs> again. My pick is Resident Evil Apocalypse. No, Nemesis is awful. This is literally... they completely shit all over him. Okay, so they do change the lore of Nemesis a bit to make him like Alice's boyfriend in <laughs> this movie. Yeah. But this this is a movie that it shows the zombie apocalypse from the first movie spread into the city. And there there are actually like scenes of actual survivors in Resident Evil having issues with zombies and then like there's a there's a SEAL team who will have actual characters. There's Carlos from Resident Evil uh, 3. It brings Jill Valentine into the series who is, for some reason she swears a lot in this movie which Jill Valentine doesn't do. There's uh, I can't remember what the black guy's name is. I think his name is DJ. I'm gonna call him DJ even though it might not be. He's got two golden uh, desert eagles and some like <laughs> some there's like a big monster that goes to attack him and he like the stars team offer him like some heavy machine gun he's like nah I've already got my piece and then they all get killed by Nemesis who is cool as shit in this movie so no. Paddy have you played Resident Evil 3? I haven't I've only played sections of Resident Evil 6 okay so Nemesis oh, is a persistent a, like he's a persistent boss yeah he he turns up when you least want him to and uh, he's he's unkillable Okay. Um, and he is in this movie and he has that theme of persistence where he will pop up at the most inopportune moments and there's uh, 
like there's one section where he's chasing Mila Jovovich, and she like jumps down a, a laundry chute, and then she like flips it so that his rocket launcher shoots the the laundry chute, and she doesn't take any damage. <laughs> also, he has a Gatling gun, which because I love this movie. I've watched every single piece behind the scenes footage for this movie and that Gatling gun was a real Gatling gun that they would just fire at walls. Oh my god. And he and because <laughs> Nemesis has to fire it with one arm. So the guy who plays him is so strong and even so like the Gatling gun is like wavering everywhere. And they'd alter the footage to make it like not wiggle around too much. It's a better movie than No, it's not. Wesco is far better than Nemesis. And I never thought so. Oh, it's also got this... There's a scene where, like... They did this for real. There's a scene in Code Veronica where, like, she runs away from a helicopter and the helicopter's shooting out the glass, which they also did for real. And uh, then she gets uh, confronted by a bunch of guards. And Mila Jogovic drops her gun because they tell her to drop a weapon. And then she falls to the floor, catches it, and shoots them. Right. And it took them, like... I think it took them, like, 50 takes, but she actually dropped the gun, fell, and caught it. And it's a real part of the movie. What I want to know is yeah. because you two both picked Resident Evil as your second choice. Yes. Why? What makes these... What makes the Resident Evil movies good? They're dumb quote, fun. Adaptations of the games. They're not good adaptations of the games. Resident Evil Apocalypse takes a lot of elements from two and three, mm. and it is its own world with its own main character. So it is like a loose adaptation. But it does take a lot of what made Resident Evil two and three great experiences and then turns them into like an action focused film. So there's a lot of stuff from Resident Evil two and three that in that film. The liquor turns up. Uh, Nemesis, obviously, uh, Carlos, Jill. There's parts of Code Veronica. It's like three Resident Evil games mm. shoved into one game with its own slightly original plot. But yeah. So it does the franchise well, and if you're if you're a fan, if you're of a fan, the games, there's a lot of things in there that you appreciate. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's a great ad- adaptation of their stories no, or even not. their tone, but it is does take a lot of things from them and uh, makes it into like an actual like enjoyable movie. So it builds upon the Resident Evil. But this is only this universe. movie. That movie does the exact opposite. <laughs> <laughs> it takes a lot from Resident Evil Five. I'd say it's, it's probably, four and five, four, right? It's got the lost slightly four. Like the characters, well, characters from one because hmm. Wesker's in it. Code Veronica's Wesker, but he he is and five he is five Wesker though. He is not one. Yeah, Wesker. no, he's not. He's not one in Code Veronica Wesker. He's five Wesker because he has he injects himself with the T virus. Is it TLC virus <laughs> at this point? <laughs> it's not the. T- uh, it might be the T virus. Who gives a shit? Yeah, uh, he injects himself with the virus, but instead of him turning into a zombie it gives him super strength and super speed like he yeah. does in 5 and then the ending fight is basically it's a, car- it, it's it's a, a shot for shot remake it's of- a shot for shot remake of the cutscenes the, towards the end of 5 when they were not describing where he takes off his sunglasses he flicks them and he super speeds and turns around and in the game it's Chris and Sheva but in the films it's Alice Chris and Claire. Well, it's not even Alice is out for most of that fight, right? So yeah, because just... she's been, she's attacking. She's been attacked by the dogs, the yeah. zombie dogs, big zombie dogs. They literally slap Lysandra on those dogs. But, like... but um, <laughs> also, that's not um, a joke. They also have the they have the axe wielder from Five yeah. as well during the prison fight. Oh, that's a cool scene. Yeah, when she kicks off the wall. And she, well, she shoots him with like she shoves her. She makes shotgun shells full of coins. Because this was a movie made for 3D. (laughs) So, like, she shoots the coins through his skull and the coins go everywhere. I will admit, I I enjoy the prison one 
but it's not as good as two, and you are no. lying to yourself if you no. think it is. Well, maybe I need to go and rewatch them, but... Okay, so I feel like we should move on to... Number. Well, I haven't done my second choice yeah. yet. But and I've still got a first. You've still got first. We've still got first. And mine is the... My second is the 2007 Hitman movie with Timmy the Oliphant. I don't know if it adapts the game <laughs> very well. No. It's much better than Hitman... The new one. Agent 47. Yeah. Christ, that was disgusting. That was the Audi product placement movie. I just feel like it does the characters some justice. He seems very capable. Like, you see him, like, plan assassinations yeah. and murders, and he, he does use disguises there is that, that's, that's there is that scene it. where they're playing hitman like they're playing hitman blood money as he crashes through the window and they look at the game and they look at him and then they go wow taking away from the hitman franchise i don't think it's a bad film it's okay it's it's like there's a lot of boobs in that movie it was it's very weird yeah but number one choice is liam go back to you first my number one choice is another paul Anderson film. Sorry, my face just dropped. What? <laughs> Which is the 2008 original Death Race. Is that the Jason Statham one? Yes. Oh, what? This is yes. one of his favourite films. It's not one of my favourite films. It's my favourite video game You talk about film. it every week. <laughs> like, but it's the best video game film we've had. I, I feel like <sighs> I haven't I haven't had a week where I haven't heard about Death Race since I've met you. <laughs> like, I know we haven't got good video game movies. I have but a good one. Death Race. Could be worse. Could be Ratchet and Clank. Those are two completely different very, movies. Very totally different <laughs> movies. They're video game movies. Why? Is Death Race a video game? Yes. yes. Yeah, yeah. Death Race is one of like... It's a very uh, controversial video game because the time it came out, you were running over pedestrians and people didn't like that. Is that Death... I thought that was Carmageddon. No, 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 no. no, no. Uh, Death, Death Race came, came first. before Carmageddon. Oh. It's like this old black and white game. It's like top down. Looks oh, like okay. shit. Do you want me to get up a, a picture? Uh, you can do. Uh, Liam, you... You explain why it's your favourite video game movie. Now remember, we're not advocating that these, because they're our top choices, we're not advocating that these are good movies. It's my favourite video game movie. It's just a mindless, violent action romp. Oh, okay. <laughs> so te- technically, it is a video game movie. That was controversial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't even tell so, those. So are, you can't a, even tell those are people. It's a bunch of I like capital I's and and car sprites, and they're supposed to be people. And people got a bit pissy. I I I see why people got angry about Carmageddon, but that I cannot understand. Like, I know what year did it come out? Let me uh, mute my mic because this is a very clicky keyboard. It's it's just a mindless romp that you can watch on a night. Eighty six. Seventy six. Seventy six. Okay. The plot. The plot is a generic plot. Write me, write me a video essay on Death Race. Jason Statham's character. It's Frankenstein, get, isn't it? Is that what he's called? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <And> his face <laughs> just dropped. I just remember <laughs> renting this movie from Blockbuster. I rented this movie from a corner shop in Abersucken and the copy of the case said do not rent. Jason Statham's character gets framed for murder of his wife and then gets sent to Terminal Island Prison where they run death races and if you win the race, you get free. Thrilling. Yeah. There are like five of these movies. Okay, okay then. There's like if, Death Race 2000. Yeah, yeah oh, pretty you, sure there's a, count them. Pretty sure there's a Sylvester Stallone Death Race? I might have to watch that. I feel like he was in a Death Race movie like the 80s. How he plays the toy maker. Okay, what's your number one yeah, then, Lewis? Lewis, Lewis Silent Hill. No, 
Silent Hill is actually like probably the best adaptation. It does kind of like screw around because the director is obviously like a big fan of Silent Hill, so like yeah. characters like Pyramid Head turn up. Whereas I don't know if any of you are familiar with Silent Hill, no. But the enemies in in the th- first three Silent Hill games are designed around the characters. So like Pyramid Head is the embodiment of a lot of uh, the protagonists of Silent Hill 2's like actual like thoughts and fears and how he perceives himself. So so there's a lot of enemies from Silent Hill that turn up and they shouldn't be there. They should have been original enemies. But it's it's a great like look at this town and the plot of Silent Hill 1 and also has a female protagonist. And she's pretty great. Now I'm not gonna like big it up because it has a female protagonist, but I, but it was like as a Silent Hill fan, it was a really nice like fresh like look at Silent Hill because it was a mum looking for her daughter instead of the stupid shit Harry Mason from the who's played by Sean <laughs> Bean. Bean who doesn't do Damn. anything. I hear, I haven't watched the sequel, but apparently Sean Bean's in the sequel for like five minutes. Yeah, he is. Okay, so for these top choices, I'm looking at the meta scores. Yeah. For Silent Hill, it's got 31. It deserves so much more than that. It, um, there is there Death is a Race. shot in that movie which is like perfectly recreated from the game, and it's like an amazing shot, and it's so good. 2008 Death Race has 43. It's not a better movie. It's <laughs> Riot. Yes. Riot. Now, <laughs> I haven't actually looked at the score for mine. Gone. But I think mine is going to beat both of yours. Oh, is this... I know what it is. My my number one pick is Prince of Persia, The Sands of Time, with Jake Gyllenhaal. That, I believe that does have like a meta score of like 60. 50, okay. okay. So I literally beat Death Race by 7 on Metacritic. <sighs> I, I genuinely like this film. Like yeah. the. I genuinely like Silent Hill. Yeah. Really good film. And Liam, for Wait, some reason, Wait, what does Warcraft have? Warcraft. I like this. I can't spell Warcraft. Hang on. <laughs> 32. Damn. Okay. But a big element of the Prince of Persia games is the combat and free running and yeah. parkour. And the movie does this exceptionally well. Like the stunt work in Prince of Persia is fantastic. Even like the beginning scene where it's like him as a child. It's just it's just done amazing. Like the cast is pretty good. Like so Ben Kingsley is in this movie as ben well. Ben Kingsley's in a lot of video game movies. Is he? Yes, Ben Kingsley seems to do anything for money. Oh. He's in um there's a Dungeon Siege movie by Uwe Boll. Oh him. Yep. And yeah. he's Ben Kingsley's in that Nothing movie. Nothing but praise for that man, just in case he wants to fight us. I want Ben Kingsley to fight me. <laughs> no, I meant Uwe Boll. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've just placed it at number one, mainly because I haven't seen many of the movies. One scene where his camp gets where uh, Prince Dastan or the prince, uh, his camp gets attacked by these like black assassins. They're not actually black, but they get, <laughs> I think they're called the Black Assassins or something like that. And he, they get attacked, and then he uses the dagger to like rewind time. Oh, so that he can plan out. So he can plan yeah, out the attack, oh, and it's just cool. really cool. And yeah. Alfred Monola is in this movie as well, and he plays like a sheik who races ostriches. Because <laughs> in the film, he says like ostriches have a suicidal tendency, so he puts like a bag over his like prized ostrich's head so it doesn't see trauma and then go to try and kill itself. <laughs> and for the longest time, I thought that was an actual thing ostriches done. <laughs> so until like a good five years ago, I thought ostriches actually would kill themselves from <laughs> <laughs> like PTSD. Paddy, please promise me like watch Silent Hill. I will. Uh, out of all of the movies we've discussed. Just because Warcraft is two and a half hours long, and I generally know nothing about Warcraft. There, I didn't, but I fully enjoyed I d- it. I do. F- Silent Hill has a user score of like 7.9 on Metacritic. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's, it's critically low, but mm. it's like it's loved by fans. And I know because I just connected this thing for, to the Wi-Fi so that I could... That was a pain <laughs> in the ass. So that I could prove it's a good movie. Anyway... Those were video game movies. We should get onto news. Liam, take us away. There are five items on the list today. On the docket. The first one, keeping it video game themed, was starting with Sonic and his preposterous look for the new film. Sonic has no ass. His ass is gone. Which in the I didn't realise Sonic had an ass. Classic Sonic has a big ass. Is he thick? (laughs) He is chunky. The images were leaked from a PowerPoint slide which says a mod a new modern take on the brand without abandoning its core essence. To be fair Really? To be fair, the core essence of Sonic is attracting theories and I believe that some people are gonna like massively get their rocks off with this one. I don't know, he's quite frightening to be going to be like normally because these leaks started a little while ago because it started with the posters, him, right? the posters, and there's one where he's like on the Golden Gate Bridge. Oh, where his eyes! And he's, oh, he's taking a picture. He's got, like, he's got like one. He's got like one leg up and another one straight out, mm. and it's just like the meme about where he'd like he have to place the camera like mm. on his crotch to take the picture. I'm not sure. Can you check this? But Tim Miller, who was the director of Deadpool, Deadpool One, I think was the producing this movie at one point. I'm not sure if that's still true. He is true. one of the executive producers. Oh, Christ. <laughs> What's your problem with Tim Miller? I'm Nothing. Not well. I just what you think after Deadpool 1. Just you... saying, I'm looking, I'm looking at some of the things that he's done, and he's, he's done some shit. Well, he, he'd made video game trailers to begin with, didn't he? Because he... Was Terminator Dark Fate? Don't know. Because I'm pretty sure he, like, directed or produced the Arkham Origins reveal trailer. Yeah, he it did. it was Batman versus Deathstroke. Deathstroke. Yeah. And that is the oh, best trailer. It's, tra- the, that it's is... the Terminator reboot. Oh, and that is the best Arkham trailer I think we've got mm, yeah. for all four games. Agree. So Sonic, not looking forward no. to it. Yeah. Like, I don't really oh, like the I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> I don't really have any uh, allegiance to the character anyway. The only interesting thing about this movie is Jim Carrey's Dr. Eggman. I weirdly know a lot of Sonic the Hedgehog lore. <laughs> Name is Sonny the Hedgehog, actually, and uh, his dad died. And then he went for a run, and then he fell in some some acid, and then he became irradiated. Anyway, anyway next yeah, item on the lo- yeah. Sonic looks fucking horrifying. Yeah. Agreed. Again, video game themed. Releasing in fall 2019 is a direct-to-video Doom Annihilation film, mm-hmm. written and directed by Tony Jiggler, <laughs> Jiggler, who oh, did SWAT Under Siege film, and the release of synopsis for the film, which you could probably guess if you're a Doom fan. Man, the film shoots. follows a group of space marines as they respond to a distress call from a base on a Martian moon, only to discover it's been overrun by demonic creatures who threaten to create hell on Earth. So I know you're a big Doom fan, Lewis. What, what do you think? I am absolutely mortified that they are screwing this up for a second time. The first Doom movie has, like, people say that the first person section of that movie is amazing. And while it was cool when I first watched it as a 10-year-old kid, it's not cool anymore. It's bad and it's floaty and it feels wrong. But the biggest problem with that movie is that it wasn't about demons. Yeah. It was about weird mutated zombie things. We need this movie to be about hell and hell opening. And then one guy is like, I'm pissed. 
<laughs> All of my friends are dead. Like Doom is a it's a game about a man whose rabbit got killed and then he got angry and killed all the demons. Is it actually? Yeah, yeah. His pet, his it. pet buddy got killed, so he kills all the demons. I did not know that. And if you uh if you play Doom 2016, you find out that the Doom guy from Doom One and Two is also the same Doom guy in Doom 2016. And he got trapped in hell, killed demons so much that they became scared of him, created a group of knights that would fend off, like that would kill demons every day. And then they killed his son, tricked him and like, like entombed him for a hundred years. And then he gets out and is immediately pissed and then <laughs> kills them again. I was gonna say in, in Doom 2016, it opens like he like punches like a robot. He's awakened on a tomb and then the possessed, which, like, there are zombies in Doom. Like, yeah. the possessed are technically zombies, but they've had, like, their souls sucked out of them. And one of them goes to, like, is, like, walking towards you, and then he just, like, grabs its face and shoves it under, like, the, the stone tablet that he's resting on. That's what Doom is. Doom should have been the Dread movie that we got with Carl Urban, but angrier. <laughs> At some point, I really want to talk about Dread. We can do Dread vs. Dread. Yeah. Yes! Yeah, that is our real. Dread vs. Dread. I already know what my vote is going to be. Which oh. are we going to are we going to do that next or are we going to do that after the next one? Uh, we'll do it after the next one, yeah, which okay. I'll mention in the wrap up. Yeah. Uh, but next point. Um, Bloomhouse doubt there'll ever be a Happy Death Day three. Okay, I'm good with that. Reported by Bloody Disgusting, Bloom responded to a fan asking how likely a third Happy Death Day movie would be. He plainly said, "Not very likely, but not impossible." The Director of both films, Christopher Landon, hmm. says, I always imagined this is a trilogy, so I have the third movie, but it's just a question of whether this one, which is Happy Death Day to you, does well, which unfortunately hmm. it didn't. Oh, did it not? There were no. a lot of people when I went to see it. I would love to make the third one. I think it's really bonkers, fun idea. I do not want to see a third one. Nah, I enjoyed the second one, but not as good as the first one. Hmm. The time travel aspect of it was just way too over the top. It kind of got... It, it, it stretched out the idea on the second one to the point where you're like, okay, this is a great ending. Yeah. But they should have skipped the first one. The marketing for To You mm. is completely different to what the movie is. Wait, the, mar- the, mar- like, the marketing suggests... Liam, you, me, and, me and you were talking about this, is that it just shows like one montage from that movie in the trailers. Yeah. And it's like... Go watch it. Yeah. So I did. It, it, I haven't. I didn't even hear of the first one. The first one was really en- good. I think you'll enjoy the first one. It's a yeah. good. It's a good subversion of Groundhog Day. Yeah. Okay. But, Which is a getting a sequel in a video game form. So, for the marketing for to you, it's basically different. One of the groups of characters hmm. being chased by a killer, but it's not that at all. It's about them. Figuring out what created the time loop in the first in the one. first one, and then them trying to stop the time loop. In the but, second one. But it completely forgets it's a slasher film mm. until the end. So the killer appears at the start and doesn't appear again till the end. Well, they're two different killers. Spoilers. That's spoilers. No, it's not a spoiler because the first killer gets shown at the start of the movie. No, I mean, I mean when they go back, when they go into the ultimate domain. Well. I didn't know I would be spoiling that. I was talking about the two different killers, as in the two different groups. Anyway. Well, well anyway. Whatever, no one's watching move it. Move on to the... Is this the big piece of news? Just one quick one, okay. which won't take long. Amazon's Lord of the Rings has announced oh, it's going to be taken during the second age, which is during the age 
we see at the start of Fellowship of the Ring. Is this the big war? The, yeah, yeah it's between Sauron and the elves. So this is a really cool law, like piece of law, but I am so, five seasons. Yeah. yeah. They've announced it for people who don't know. Amazon announced they're in for five full seasons of the show, which has a budget of 2.5 billion. Is it? Yeah. Why don't they just take the props they've already got? Yeah, I, I so, imagine but, they're mostly lying around in a warehouse. Yeah, in New Zealand, they're lying around. They're yeah. lying around in Peter Jackson's fucking house. Because it is, yeah, Weta done the props for that again, or well, not again. That's but, why they're really good. Yeah, so really good. at the start of Fellowship of the Ring, during time where Isildur and Elrond are fighting Sauron, mm-hmm. and Isildur gets the One Ring, it's during that age. Okay. That's that's towards the end where of the second age. He looks at the age. ring and gets an O face. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, next, but, next story. Yeah, the final piece, well, it's a big piece of news, is <gasps> everything surrounding Suicide Squad 2. Oh, great, this movie I care very little about. <laughs> <laughs> Although this is not confirmed, this is just reports by a source of Collider, because Collider ran the story. James Gunn is thinking of scrapping the entire squad, except for Deadshot, who we now know has been played by Aegis Elba. Well, I've got actually got that story up here where it says that he is ready to replace Will Smith. No, it is officially confirmed Okay. that Aegis Elba is replacing Will Smith. Fair enough. Um, they didn't update this story. <laughs> so it'll be Deadshot, played by Aegis Elba, Harley Quinn, who it's not confirmed that Margot Robbie's coming back. She was okay. How could she like not it? come back? Wait, they're well, making, yeah, wait, they're making she, birds yeah, she, of prey. She's in her own Harley Quinn movie. Yeah, she's so, yeah so it's not that she's That's not going to be stupid. in it. It's just that she hasn't been officially confirmed. This is the problem oh. with the DCEU, is that they don't just take their mistakes and go, like like with the MCU with Thor. Obviously, yeah. there's a lot of shit in Thor. They were oh, like, God. we'll Thor just take too. that and we'll make it better next time. This one's just like, oh no, we messed up. Let's just completely forget about it and make our universe one huge mess. Yeah. So they're scrapping everyone else apart from them two. What about and the Rep- Diablo? The, Re- the only one who had a character development. <laughs> you were upset about Katana. Yeah. Being removed. Her sword traps the souls of her enemies. <laughs> See, I like Katana as a character. Yeah, I me too, but really she cool. didn't do anything in Suicide Squad. So. No, I didn't. So they're replacing them with Ratcatcher. I don't know who Remember, is. These are all rumours. Yeah, these are rumours. Ratcatcher, who's going to be played by a female. I wasn't sighing at the female part. I was like, yeah. Ratcatcher. I don't know who Sorry. Ratcatcher is. It's basically uh, a man who like who can control rats. rats. Is it, it's from the Batman animated series. Are you going to tell me that the characters in this version of Suicide Squad are going to be more useless than the last no, no, I haven't finished. <laughs> the, next, the next three... Okay. King Shark. It's kind of useful. Is he Killer Croc? He's Killer Croc's replacement. But yeah. is he just Killer Croc? He's a shark. Killer Croc's the one that got them an Oscar. They should bring him back. Polka Dot Man and Peacemaker. And Peacemaker is rumoured to be played by Dave, <laughs> Dave Bautista. Oh, so he's jumping over to DC with James Gunn. Yeah. Don't do that, like, but... like Marvel would ever take him back after what he was doing. Piers basically told Disney where to stick it. This Pretty is much, actually yeah. going to be like the part that might take me away from the MCU. Because like, Guardians is like my favourite part of the MCU. Yeah. Yeah, it's one of my favourites. Like, James Gunn I works don't... so well with yeah. the ensemble cast, and he managed to give them all decent screen time and, and development. And personalities and yeah. like, jokes. They've all got jokes. He worked, like, Avengers Endgame is coming out. 
he worked on Endgame. Yeah, he wrote pretty much all of the Guardians, all of the Guardians dialogue. I would have kind of moving off topic, but I would have quite liked to have seen him take on more. Yeah, me before. too. Yeah. I like James Gunn's work. Well, yeah, his yeah. recent work. That Romeo and Juliet film he made with the big monster dick. That's, yeah. not, that's not good. Yeah, we're looking forward to Brightburn. Yes, same. Evil Superman. I've actually got one piece of news that I don't have up, but um, okay. we haven't talked about it. And this is about a, a film that Liam loves, and it is about Bohemian Rhapsody, yes. which is going to be released in China, but it's going to be released in China without any uh, homosexual content. So the entire film? <laughs> Well, there's a lot of important parts of that film, but there's no, there's no homosexual in nature. Yeah, but it's not very, it's not, it's implied, but it's nothing. Well, you want about he has a boyfriend at the end of it. Yeah, but there's nothing. It's not like they're having like a snog. You just know they're together. Well, yeah, but they're gonna take out a lot of that implied footage. So well, that's just stupid. So there's like a lot of parts where Freddie Mercury's like eyeing up a guy, and then he follows him into the bathroom. And it's like, and then like later on he gets AIDS, and it's because you followed his story. So that you followed his story for all of these events that like you're like, Freddie, don't do that, don't do that, Freddie. I know what's gonna happen to you, Freddie. Don't do it, Freddie. And um, and then like you find out he has AIDS, and you're like, well, I know why he's got AIDS. Yeah. But are these Chinese viewers gonna know why he gets AIDS, or is he just magically? Is he just gonna get the magic AIDS? No, I think I think that's kind of stupid. I think this is a ridiculous. Like, like a way to go with this movie. Yeah, you either release it in China as it is, or you do not release it in China. Yeah, because his whole sexuality is a major part of that film. Mm. That he's battling with his sexuality, which is why. He, yes. It it turns there out the a, way it is with there is with a his scene, drink and his drugs. There is a scene where he talks to his wife about him, and he goes, "I I'm, think I'm bi," and she goes, "No, no you're Freddy, gay. You're gay." Exactly. And he's like, "Guess I'm gay." <laughs> But then he's still married. But like They're still in, married China, to her. in China, he's gonna go. I think I'm bisexual. And she goes, "No, Freddie, you're straight." <laughs> and then they're gonna Google. Well, they can't Google because they're in China. But they'll they'll Weibo um, <laughs> Freddie Mercury later, and they'll find out that he was a homosexual. Stu- just a stupid decision. Let let him be gay, China. What is is that? I might be completely like, missing the point here. But is there some sort of problem? Right, is, do they just not like gays? Well, they don't like gays or blacks. I think oh. we should stop <laughs> this is, there. No, this is no just, I, I this don't is think we a, should jump on social political no, 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 aspects no, let of China. Me, no, okay, let me put it this way. We're already running over. Let me put it we're this at, way. We're at the over Star an hour Wars, and a half. The Star Wars posters in, in, in China, anyway. they, they don't show Flynn. Uh, is it Finn? Finn? They don't Finn. show Finn. I think too much Tron. Too much Tron. They don't show Finn because China has a little bit of a bias. I'll have to edit that out. <laughs> no, this okay, is a, no, this is a okay. normal, so, known thing. Patty. That marks the end of episode two of Real to Recent. <laughs> uh, if you've made it this far, I don't know how, but thank you for listening to our nonsensical ramblings. I believe next week our Real to Recent is going to be Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory versus is... Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Make sure to follow the podcast on Twitter at Real to Recent and to subscribe to our RSS feed on iTunes and other platforms. Yeah, if you just search platforms. real to recent, that's R W L two, the number two. two, and recent. You should find us on any podcast app. Yeah, I use Castbox, and I can find us on there. And you use I use Podcast Addict. Yeah, and so. I turn, we turn up. And obviously, if you're on iPhone, hopefully we turn up on iTunes. But none of us have an yeah. iPhone, so we no. can't check that. <laughs> and we're also on YouTube. 
even yeah. check the video out there. It's just audio at that point. Maybe one day there'll be a video version, but I perhaps don't. not now. Too no. lazy. But I have been one of your hosts, Paddy Innes, with me, Liam Waddington. Thank you for listening. And Lewis, Lewis White, not Liam White. Thank you. <laughs> I could become Liam White you if could. you if you screw it up enough. I'll change my name to Liam White, and then you'll call me Lewis. <laughs> nah, I think it's just because I was looking at Liam. Do we have anything we want to plug? You can follow me on Twitter at Lewis underscore D underscore White, and that's about it. You can follow me at Liam underscore Waddy, which is W A double D I E. And you can follow my film blog on WordPress at Liam W Portfolio. And you can follow me at The Chunky Badger. Okay, thank you very much for listening and goodbye.